0: And get your Bibles open to the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18. Uh, God is in the business of transforming ordinary people. And I like that because we have a room full of ordinary people in here. He likes to transform ordinary people. And he wants to empower us and anoint us when we have a heart after him and uh, and this will cause you to rise above the crowd and and today I'm talking about this 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 word called the anointing. It's in fact my sermon is entitled anointed and empowered, anointed and empowered. And, uh, and in fact when you came in today on your seat was a was a little card which has a lot of scriptures on it. And These are some of the scriptures these are actually the scriptures, the eight scriptures that I'm uh, emphasizing during this series, and and I want you to take these. I really want you to take these and begin to get these into your heart, get these into your spirit, and uh, and and and. please put this, uh, take this to your desk at work. If there's an extra one around you, you can lift it, take it, you can take two, put one on your refrigerator, one on your desk, uh, you know, keep it in your car, keep it in your Bible, as long as you're going to open your Bible, because these are all found in your Bible. So, you know, you don't necessarily need that in there, but use this. We've created this for you. And one of our, one of our volunteers actually put all this together for us. And we're really grateful for that. So, so please go ahead and take that. That is, that's just another a way to keep these scriptures massaged into your heart. Because if... I believe that scripture memorization is one of the most important things that we can do because what happens is when an an obstacle comes up, when a barrier comes up, or when, when there's a situation, God will cause you to recall certain scriptures that you can actually pray and utilize and speak over that situation. And these are eight of them, and I want you to begin to use those. So today's message is entitled, Anointed and Empowered anointed and empowered and uh, and we're talking about breaking impossibilities and and shattering them with uh, and today especially with the anointing of god now what happens is the anointing what it does is it shatters impossibilities i'll say it again the anointing shatters impossibilities these, uh, these eight scriptures that I'm sharing with you, again, these are given to you to remind you uh, of, of just some, some ways to attack this impossibility thinking that tends to hit our brains. But, uh, but these scriptures help us to know that you can shatter By the power of God, impossibilities. In fact, three of the scriptures that are on here, I'm going to read them out loud right now, and I want you to read them with me. The rest are going to be in my sermon. But I want you to say these with me. The first one is on the screen. Philippians 4.13. Say it aloud with me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Come on, say it again. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Next one, Luke one thirty seven says this, nothing will be impossible with God. Come on, declare it with your lips. Nothing will be impossible with God. Now, Mark 9.23, I want you to even think of a situation that you might consider impossible and declare this with me. All things are possible for the one who believes. Come on, say it again. All things are possible for the one who believes. Now, today, again, we're looking at the anointing and how the anointing shatters impossibilities. So what we're going to do today is at the close of the service, Rebecca and I, we're going to be here at the front. And we're not going to have our normal dismissal the way we typically dismiss and say, okay, everybody go, run for the doors. <laughs> we're not going to do that today. Uh, it'll be clear when the service ends, and we'll actually go offline at that time. And so if you're watching online, we'll, we're going to continue with the service after we do cut it off, cut off the live stream. But. But what we're going to do is Rebecca and I, we want to pray with you. We want to anoint you with oil. We want to believe God for miracles in your life. And I encourage you guys just to hang as long as you want to receive prayer. And, and if you want to receive prayer, if you want to receive a special anointing, I want you to just stay around and, and receive that today. Now, now uh, this sermon... Hopefully is going to begin to stir your heart and create a hunger in your heart for, uh, for the special anointing. Now, now that word anointed gets tossed around quite a bit. I, I hear it a lot. Well, this person is anointed. That's anointed. This is anointed. And and sometimes it it just it just like okay, what is and what isn't. And and I know that that uh, this term anointed in a sense it's a bit mystical it's definitely intangible because you can't see it you can feel it or you can sense it but it is real it is very real what it is it's a distinct touch of God that's on a person's life that manifests itself in a variety of ways so what does it mean to be anointed well I I have a working definition that I use for it and I want you to put that up on the screen. To be anointed means to be full of the Spirit. That means you're not only saved, but you have this inundation of the Holy Spirit that's on you, and you stay filled with his Spirit. Another part of it is you live a life that 's pleasing to God, a life that honors god so an anointed person lives a life that honors God, and also another thing is you bear the fruit of the spirit and uh, the fruit of the spirit you know they 're the ninth fruit of the spirit, and, and and you just you let those things just just come out of your life and you nurture them and let them go. Another one is that you operate in the gifts of the spirit, First Corinthians chapter twelve, especially talks about these gifts of the spirit. That are that are used to to bless others and to be an instrument of God. So where you you're an instrument of God and He's flowing through you and He's manifesting Himself through the anointing on your life through gifts of the Spirit. And it, and it also is a commitment to worship and to pray because a person uh, who who is anointing or when you have that anointing on you, there's a worship that's in your heart. You can't help but worship God. There's there's a there's a craving to be intimate with. God. God and to pray, because that anointing means that you 're praying and you 're calling on the name of the Lord, and things are happening as a result of that so so again to to be anointing uh, to be anointed i mean it's it 's a very distinct thing you're you're actually empowered by God to do things to you actually take action for God you take action on god 's behalf and it 's his spirit that 's doing through now now there are a lot of different manifestations of this uh people are anointed for purposes and it's, it's different for each person but for purposes of maybe healing uh, or preaching maybe sharing your faith um, um Possibly an anointing for deliverance, an anointing to uh, work miracles, an anointing to break the yoke of bondage of of Satan's affliction in a person's life, uh, spiritual gifts. But God also uses his anointing to empower us actually to be benefactors, doers of good to people in need, because that's a manifestation of the anointing of God. Ultimately, let me just make it simple it's all about making Jesus known. All right, now I ask you to look up Luke 4.18 in your Bibles because this is kind of the foundation of this today. When Jesus started his ministry, uh, he started it off and he let people know. I like this. He let people know that he was anointed and he was empowered. Now, in today's culture, if someone comes up and says, "I'm anointed," everybody's going to go, "Ah, whatever," because, because we tend to be so critical. And I just wonder, I, I had a feeling that they were probably doing the same thing with Jesus at that time. There's pretty much a lot of evidence of that. But Jesus stood up on the scene and he said this: "The spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has what? Oh He's done what? He has anointed me." to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim... The favorable year of the Lord. Now here's what's important. We look at this and some people say well that was Jesus anointing. Yes it was. That was that was his ministry. But at the same time Jesus has called us to walk in his footsteps and that, that anointing that's upon him because we bear his name and because we are in Christ that same anointing can be and should be on us. We are New Testament believers and what we can do is we can make a difference for God through the anointing. When you're anointing You're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do great exploits for God. It's about bringing justice to the hurting. Those who are in poverty, who are physically ill or even mentally ill. It's about bringing ministry to single moms and to widows. It's about meeting the needs of people in different lands and in different cultures. It's about lifting people up and protecting the most vulnerable. There's an anointing for all of that that we can use and allow to function in our lives regularly. Now, in the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, we see instances of anointing. It was, it's different in the New Testament times, and we're still in New Testament times, but there are instances of it. So what would happen is a person would be anointed by a prophet. And, and, uh, and in the New Testament, we see that the followers of Jesus were actually all anointed by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and, and that was that special anointing that, that got things rolling. Uh, still, the, the church leaders and the apostles and, and others would continue to anoint people with oil, but that first anointing came directly from the Holy Spirit, and I want to be, make this really clear that is available to every single believer. You do not have to live the way that you're living. You don't have to live of just kind of barely making it through because there's an anointing that God wants to put on your life. And I'm passionate about this, and I want your heart to also be open and receptive to this as well because the same Holy Spirit that anointed his people in the book of Acts is here for us today. See, what the anointing does, the anointing makes the impossible possible oh come on i'll say that again the anointing makes the impossible possible And i want you to soar i want you to be anointed and empowered and and i believe there is more anointing available for every person including myself than what you have right now that's why we again that's why we receive the fullness of the holy spirit but back in old testament times because that's really going to be kind of our, our springboard for today. Uh, before Jesus arrived on the scene, there were only certain people that were anointed. And David in the Old Testament was one of those certain people who was anointed. His life was uh, full of examples of how his, this anointing empowered him and, and how impossible situations were made and there's a lot that we can glean for our own lives that's in there. And I, and, I, and I want you, hear me, I want you to have victory over impossible situations. I want you to have that victory. This world beats us down too much. And I want you to have victory over those impossible situations. And, and again, whether it's your business or a or, or situation with a friend or family member or maybe a lost person who doesn't know the Lord, your property, your body, a relationship, the anointing makes the impossible possible. I'll say it again. The anointing makes the impossible possible. And David's story is going to build our faith. Let's tell you a little bit about his story. When, when David... Uh, was a teenager, he was anointed by god 's prophet to actually be the king of Israel, so that was an outward expression and and that anointing when he was anointed with oil in fact, what they would have done is poured a huge like, a jar of oil all over him, it would have gone oh, we we don 't do that anymore <laughs> but and we don 't have to do it that way, but that 's the way they did it in the old testament but they they would he poured this oil over him, and this was this external imagery of what god was doing on the inside and uh and and the power of the holy spirit came upon david and what it did is it equipped him for his future it equipped him to make impossibles possible you see at that time israel had just had its first king the very first king of israel his name was saul Saul had the looks, he had the physical stature, he had the education, he had the family, he came, he had all those right skills, he had his charisma, he had his personality, but Saul became arrogant and entitled. His heart was no longer after God, and what happened is there, there became, there, there was a shift, and so what God did is God then sent the prophet to find a new king, to anoint a new king. So God told the prophet, I want you to go and locate the family of Jesse. And Jesse had seven sons. And God said, I'm going to show you which of these is going to be the next king. So, he went to appear before Jesse. He didn't know Jesse. He didn't know the, the family at all. And uh, and so he he showed up and the six oldest sons were there and and uh, and and so the dad he just said, "Hey, here, here are my sons." And, and 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 the prophet's looking at them thinking, "They all look great. They all look great. They have the outward appearance to be the king." And like, "Who's the oldest?" "Okay. Well, <laughs> he definitely looks like the one." But as each person passed by, God says, "This is not the one. So the prophet, in a little bit of frustration, he's thinking, did I hear from God? Did I mess this up? I I don't know. But so he asked Jesse, Jesse, do you have any other sons? He goes, well, yeah, I have, I've got one more. Uh, He's the youngest. (laughs) Got to understand though, He's a teenager and and he's out there in the fields. And and I kind of think I know this isn't recorded in the Bible, but I kind of think he was kind of going like, yeah, he, he, he goes out there and plays with his sling, and, and he writes poetry and plays his guitar. <laughs> it wasn't a guitar, it was a harp. But, you know, he's playing his guitar and singing and watching sheep. <laughs> what are you asking for here? That's, that's, that's just him. But the prophet said, bring him to me, bring him to me. In fact, I like this. The prophet said, nobody is going to eat in this room until he gets here. And when the prophet speaks, okay, they're, they're standing around, their stomachs are growling. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and I like it because the scripture says that Samuel then took the horn of oil, so it would have been this, this thing full of oil, and he anointed him, this is important, in the midst of his brothers. His brothers saw this anointing that was happening. And God said, It says, and and then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. You see that word rushed? That is important. The spirit of God rushed upon David at that very moment. Powerful. So, as you might assume, then David goes to Jerusalem and takes the throne, right? Well, the answer's wrong. He didn't. And this is where the impossibles come in. You see, he he had the anointing. He already had this empowerment. The Spirit of God rushed on him, but he didn't yet have the position, and that wasn't going to happen for 13 more years, but he didn't know it. And at the same time, the anointing left the current king Saul and Saul began to be plagued by evil spirits. So, in the meantime, David was out there with the sheep and he was noted for his ability to to play the harp. People started finding out about this. People started realizing there is an anointing on his ministry upon his music. See, he didn't just play an instrument. What he did is when he played, there was an anointing that was released through the music. See, that's why, you know, when we have music Musicians up here. We don't I mean I, I, I love musicians and everything and, and, and but, but we don't want someone who's just gonna play an instrument. There needs to be an anointing that flows from that person through the instrument or through their voices, and this is exactly what was happening with, with David. And... Uh, and so King Saul, he had heard that David plays this anointed music and he called him and, and uh, said, I, need, I want him to come play for me. So he came to play for him and it's this interesting, whenever David, David began to play, that, that evil spirit, that, that demonic spirit that, had, that was plaguing Saul had to depart because of the worship, the anointed worship music that was happening right there. Well, this was this was going on, and, and Saul felt better now that, that that evil spirit was gone. David went went home. He returned to his sheep. And during that time, then a little bit later, this military standoff happened, and the Philistines were coming against Israel. David's older brothers they were dispatched to the scene to 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 participate, uh, representing the family uh, in in this war. Well, David was too young. He was out there in the fields watching the sheep. So so. What happened, though, is David's father said, hey, I want you to deliver some food to your brothers and find out, and some, also to some of the officials, and, and find out what's happening and bring me back some news of what's going on out there. So when David arrived, he got onto the scene. He was amazed to see that this giant by the name of Goliath, and you guys know the story, but he was speaking words of blasphemy against God. He was using these words of blasphemy against God's people, Israel. So David turned and said, well, what kind of reward is going to be given to the person who takes this guy out? And, you know, here's scrawny little David, and here's this man, you know, massive giant. And uh, what's interesting is then his older brother, who didn't get picked, He didn't get the anointing. The older brother, he got mad. He got angry at him and started accusing him of various things. Uh, And David just persisted and he found out, well, hey, you get to marry the king's daughter, so I'll go for that. And then he just took it upon himself to slay Goliath, and he did. And under the anointing of God, he killed the giant. And then Israel then went out and and, uh, defeated the Philistines who were trying to take their land. But again, then he goes back to watching the sheep. Time went by. Saul needed some more anointed music to get rid of the spirit. And so he called him in. But as soon as he came in, Saul, who was already hearing about David uh, being becoming popular, he flew into this demonic rage. And he took a spear and tried to pin David against the wall. And, uh, and, and then this whole incident right here, this initiated literally a decade of David hiding and running from Saul, David had to move away from home. He uh, he gathered some men around him. These guys were all rejects from society, and, and they, he along with them had to hide in mountains and caves. And eventually, they hid out in little villages outside of Israel, just outside of Paul uh, Saul's reach. And uh, and and this. this <laughs> This became really just a riveting story of cat and mouse, and you can read all about it in the Bible. But this lasted ten years, and can you imagine all this is going on? And the day, but David's the anointed king of Israel, and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. But you see what happened during this time? God gave him wisdom, God gave him discernment, God gave him leadership anointing, and so much more as he as he stayed out there really in the wilderness for ten years. So again. From the time he was anointed until until Saul died, Saul ended up dying in battle, 13 years, 13 years had passed by. And now he was not only anointed and not only empowered, but now he took the position of king. And he began to rule as king. But that those 13 years, there's, there's a lot that's in there. And David's story gives you hope I'll tell you what, it also gives me hope regarding impossibilities. I want to hit a few of his impossibilities. Here's the first impossibility David faced. First impossibility was he was not qualified. David's dad did not invite him to come see the prophet. His own father thought, this kid is not qualified. You see, I don't know where you are. Maybe you feel unqualified. Maybe you might just feel too young or too inexperienced. But see, God uses different criteria for his anointing than 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 we do. I mean, sure, you might get overlooked. Some of you have faced this. You get overlooked for a promotion or you get overlooked for something wonderful, that an opportunity. And all the flashy people are getting the opportunities. And All those people are getting all the attention, but get this, here it is. When God, see, when when overlooked, God anoints and empowers. See, when you are overlooked, God will come in behind you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to empower you, and all you have to do is have your heart in the right place. Have a heart after God like David did. And God will see to it that you are anointed. And, and, and today, I believe that today can be your day where you begin to step out with a new anointing and with a fresh empowerment. And, and you know, so if people have overlooked you, so what? Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Come on, I want you to say this. This is another one of our scriptures. With God, all things are possible. God's anointing wants to empower you to break out of this this situation that you might be in where you just are not qualified or you don't even feel qualified. The anointing can shift and change that. Here's impossibility number two. Impossibility number two is this, low position. You see, maybe you've been anointed Maybe someone has prophesied over you, spoken words over you. God has given you a word regarding your future and where you're going to be or something that's going to happen. Yet, like David, you find yourself stuck back out on the fields taking care of sheep. He's supposed to be, he's anointed to run a nation, and he's not, he doesn't have one person to oversee. A bunch of meh sheep all the time. Can you imagine there he is. Like, well, I was anointed. The word of God came to me. I, God said this and God said that. So here I am. You know, maybe you've been touched by God, but you haven't been elevated yet to the position that, that's even been spoken over you. But There's a reason for that. God didn't do that to frustrate you. He's doing something in you so that later on, You will be able to do what he has anointed you to do, but he has some things to work in you. So get this, when you're at the bottom, God is preparing you to rise. When you're at the bottom, God's working on you. God's preparing you to rise and to step up and to move to that next level because you are anointed and you are empowered even though you may not have position, even though you may not actually be out there functioning in what God has spoken over your life. I remember when I was called by God, I was called by God to be a pastor when I was three years old (laughs) in a dream and uh, baptized in water at the age of six. I I knew I was called to be a pastor. I, I didn't tell people, but I knew it. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old. And I started my first ministry when I was 13. I started a children's church in the, in the church that, that my dad was pastoring. I, I began my ministry studies at the age of 17. And, and then, then when I went off to, to college, I, I, I began serving in a large church as, the, uh, as a children's volunteer. And I, was, I was 18 years old, began serving as a children's volunteer. And and uh, and I would do that on Sundays. I'd go early. I'd, I I had 30 minutes to drive to church. Some of you drive 30 minutes to church too. about a 30-35 minute drive, and and uh, and I would get there about 7 a.m. and I would serve till about 1 p.m. Serving, just serving, just doing whatever with 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 the, uh, with the children that were there and and i would come back because i was a poor college student and, and i had room and board so i'd have to, i wouldn't get to go to a restaurant i would come back to the campus and i'd get that get back there just in time for the sunday afternoon lunch in the cafeteria on campus and and i remember one day i was sitting there and there was a bunch of other guys sitting around the table and uh, and, and and they were talking about their big ministries and how they were youth pastors and how they were, another talked about how he was traveling from church to church to church. I was just listening and like, wow, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Then then this one guy, he looked at me and he said, so what do you do? And I said, well, I I serve in, I I, I volunteer in the children's ministry uh, of of a Trinity church. And this one guy, the guy said, you're, that's a big church. You're never going to have an opportunity to do anything there. You know, you you won't get a title and you won't get to even I remember this. He said you won't even get to sit on the platform. What are you doing there? You need to get a real opportunity. You need to do some real ministry. But I believed this. (laughs) All things are possible with God. I believed it, and I knew that I was doing the right thing. You see, my dad told me this before I headed off to college. He said, Tim, when you get there to college, you're you're training to be a pastor, but I don't want you to start fighting and, and, and trying to scramble and push for position. Don't do that. Let God Elevates you. You get you let your heart become right and, and you let God work in you and you, you receive an anointing from God and then but the way to do that, he said, find a church and then find the pastor in that church, and you serve that pastor no matter what they ask you to do, you just serve. I Remember, he said if he says you get to take out the trash every Sunday, then you do that. But you serve and serve and serve and let God, take care of it. And I did that, and what was happening is God was preparing me to rise. And, and, I, and I loved it, because actually at that time, I was the youngest pastor who ever even came on staff at that church, because God's hand was in the whole situation. Yeah, and I eventually got to sit on a platform and got a title, but that, that was back in the 80s. Do you remember, did any of you remember the 80s? That, that was a time when, when pastors would all have these thrones on a platform, and I would, I would sit up there on the uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. I mean, I was, I was a, I was a young guy. I was 20, 21, 22, just a young guy. But, but I, that really wasn't the ultimate. What the ultimate was is that God's hand continued to work in my life, and God's hand will continue to work on your life because all things are possible with God when you get under that anointing and you receive that. Here's the third impossibility that he faced, and I call it bad blood, and this one is just ugly. You see. you know when David went out to the battlefield, he was rebuked by his older brother. His brother accused David of character flaws, and he's doing this in front of everybody else. I know you. You're just this and you're just that. You can read all about it. And, And he humiliated David in front of the other men who were there. But it's interesting, I, I, I took note of this as I was studying this, it's interesting that after this incident, you never hear about David's older brother again. You never hear about him. He was the one that Samuel was originally going to anoint. He thought, this must be the one, he's got the looks, he's got the, he's got the stature, he, he, he could be king. God said, no, no, I have, I've, I've rejected him. And there's that man that knew he was rejected by God and now he's lashing out at David. David. Little brother. You see, what the devil will do is the devil will use people who are closest to you to try to bring you down. He will. And I think just about everybody faces this. Whether it's your mother, your father, could be your spouse, it could be your brother, your sister. It could be a stepdad or a stepmom. It could be your son or your daughter. And they will use words to try to bring you down. But I want to I want to make this clear. You need to do what David did. What David did is he just like, oh, what's your problem? And he just turned away. I like it because there was Iliab, his older brother, lashing out, just saying ugly stuff to him in front of everybody. And David just turns around and starts talking. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. <laughs> if you're not going to help me out, I'm going to talk to somebody else. You see, he, he kept his anointed focus. He kept that. And, and David didn't argue with him. He just simply turned around. So I want you to get this principle here. When family wounds you, turn and keep your focus. Do not wallow in it. And yeah. It hurts. It hurts. But you can't let it keep you down. And and the the enemy will, again, try to use those people to bring you down, to hold you down, to push you down, because the enemy knows you are anointed by God. You've just got to turn away and keep that anointed focus that, that, that God originally gave you. You just keep moving towards your destiny. See, David, he needed to pass this test of what I call the test of bad blood in order to move forward. You see, if he wouldn't have passed this test, do you realize he never would have slain Goliath? If he would have caved to his brother's words of, of criticism, and uh, it, it would have just ended right there. But instead, what he did is he elevated his faith And David went out to Goliath, and he called out Goliath, and he spoke with these words, and he said, how dare you, basically, how dare you defy the living God and the people of Israel, the armies of the living God, and today you're going to die. Your life is over. He began to declare that, and he overcame the impossible, again, under the anointing of God, and I believe it was that anointing that carried him through that. It's just like what the scripture said. Jesus even said these words. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you say to this mountain, or as what happened with David, you say to this giant, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, get this into your heart. There is power in your declaration and in your anointed words. Use them in faith faith. Use them under the anointing of God, and don't let the words of your family bring you down to defeat you. Impossibility number four. Here's another one that David faced. Murder plots. You see, the king tried to kill him multiple times. He was under this demonic spirit of of murderous jealousy. And, and, and Saul literally spent 10, he spent the last 10 years of his life chasing David and trying to kill him. <laughs> what a miserable way to lead your life. But that's because, the, that's because there was no anointing on him. You see, there was no anointing on him. Now, what happened though is David, that you, the Spirit of God had rushed upon David. David was anointing, anointed, and that anointing, it was like a shield of protection. Now, I want to just make this clear. There may not be a murder plot against you. Uh, I, I don't know how many of you have ever faced that or people say they're going to kill you or whatever. I have, but <laughs> whether, whether, that's hap- whether that's happening to you or not, the, the, the truth is, there are very likely some haters that just want to bring you down. They want to get you out of the picture. They want to ruin you. They want to destroy you. And it could be it could be in your home. Again, it could be at work. It just could, could be in the community. But get this. <laughs> when haters hate, God protects. When the haters hate, God protects protects you are anointed and you are empowered. God has an anointed destiny for you, and no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. now it might look impossible, but it 's not because the things that are impossible with people are possible with god i 'll say it again, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. see David still had to deal with with these continued Impossibilities, and the last one I want to address is this one, is the fifth impossibility that I see before he came to the throne, and that was unfulfilled prophecy. And this was, I think this was the biggest one. This was the longest one. You see, everything that I've told you today happened after he was anointed as king of Israel for those first three years. But again, it took 13 years for him to assume the throne. And David... Couldn't see God's timeline just like you can't see God's timeline either. We like to know everything that's going to happen. You know, I I would love it if if there were just some, I I would think I would love it if there were some like prophecy that says, okay, here tomorrow this is going to happen and then next year and the next year and the year 2025 this is going to happen. Like, hey, that's great. That's great. I've heard some people try to do that, and it didn't happen the way they said. And I, and so okay, okay. When people start putting dates on things, I'm telling you, just beware. But that's not how God works. David could not see God's timeline, and you can't see it either. He had no clue when he was actually going to take the throne. Guys, get this. It had been, he was anointed and prophesied over, but for 10 years, he was hiding in the desert. A decade. And he was living under some really t- tough, rough conditions. He was in constant danger. And, and you can, can you imagine going to sleep at night out, wherever he was out, hiding from Saul, and just thinking, has, has God changed his mind When is God going to come through with this? It was prophesied over me. I mean, all of those visions that I'm sure he was having from the moment he was anointed all the way through those completed, the 13 years of him being anointed and being king, he's imagining, hey, here's what it's going to be like to be king. And I'll be doing this and this and this and this, yet none of it's happening. Like, are all those dreams, all those imaginations, are they for nothing? Was the prophecy wrong? Well, I want you to hear this get this in your heart. When God delays, he hasn't changed his mind. You are anointed and you are empowered. And, and again, prophecies often do not take place quickly. God, for some reason, likes to take his time. I don't get it, but he does but he's not changed his mind you are anointed and and you are empowered so i want you to keep believing those words that were spoken over you they've not fallen to the ground keep praying keep believing all things for which you pray and ask believe that you have received them believe that you have received them and they will be yours. It might take a while, but you believe that you have received them and they will be yours. Hang on to those promises. You're anointed and you're empowered. But I want to make this clear. Before we pray, the anointing, it has to have the right soil to flourish. Having the right soil makes any type of vegetation flourish. There are certain types of Vegetation that don't work in this, this soil we have in North Texas, but it'll work great in Nebraska or something like that. But it has to have the right soil. And our hearts, inside, that's the soil. That's the place that needs to be fertile for the anointing. Because God doesn't just anoint haphazardly. Here it is. I want you to get this. A heart after God... Is the fertile soil for anointing. It is. It is. And, and church, instead of trying to pursue the anointing, I, mean, I, I believe we should ask for it. I believe we should want it. We should hunger for it. But more than that, I want you to pursue a heart after God more than the anointing. Because if you receive an anointing and that heart condition isn't right it's not going to flourish it's not going to produce the fruit and i tell you i believe that is the biggest challenge that we especially in the united states of america have regarding operating in the anointing is we need to have a heart after god see god evaluates people differently than than you and i do he evaluates hearts that's why god chose david to be the king of israel now i I want you to know what the prophet said to Saul. When Saul started sinning, the prophet said this. The prophet says, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him ruler over his people. So that was a prophecy coming to to Saul before David even knew this was going to happen. And he said, it's because you've not kept what the Lord commanded you. See, Saul was not after God's heart but david was and that is a critical key to being anointed and empowered when, when the prophet came and, and looked at jesse's oldest son when he looked at Eliab, he was about to anoint him as king but then god spoke to the prophet and look what he said he said the lord said to samuel do not look at the appearance or the height of his stature because i've rejected him For the lord does not see as man sees get this Since man looks at the outward appearance, and you know we do, you judge. In fact, I was reading on this this week that that, that we, within a millisecond, less than a second, look at a person, assess them, and we decide, we make up our mind about that person, and it is completely subconscious. But man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's good news for you, and that's good news for me. See, the older brother, he didn't have the heart that would cause the anointing to flourish in his life. That's why church, it is so important to be in church, to be in the word. That's why it's so important to to be a worshiper, a person of prayer, and to quickly forgive people who have harmed you or who offended you because that creates fertile soil so that you can have an anointing that will flourish in your life challenge you today, don't stop cultivating a heart after God. Don't stop cultivating a heart after God. If you want to be a man or a woman of God, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that you're, you're never going to sin. I mean, David was far from perfect. The Bible gives us a lot of instances of where David simply blew it. He messed up, and clearly God was not looking at his sinlessness, but, but, but really God in his favor and in his mercy and his goodness, with God's desire to pour out his anointing on him looked at his humble heart, looked at his open heart, and we see over and over and over in the Bible that David's response to his sin was always appropriate. He responded well. I said, I need to make things right here. He did consistently. That's why we need the conviction of God consistently in our lives. And in fact, I strongly encourage you to do something that, that, that it was a principle that I was raised in as a child, that you never even lay your head on the pillow and go to sleep without searching your own heart. God, if there's anything in me, any, any attitude, any misdeed, any sin, anything that I've done today that I've even forgotten about, God, forgive me. That's why when you, when you, because we all sin, but when you sin, you need to say, just immediately say, God, forgive me, I was wrong. Because that keeps your heart right with God. That's where the anointing begins to flourish and grow and prosper. I want us to have the same responses to sin that David had. Cultivate a heart after God. And I love this. There's something so powerful about this. And as many times as I've read the story of David, just countless times, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times. I never saw this until I was studying for this message today. Is that the moment David was anointed, the Spirit of God it rushed upon him. I know it came to him, but but I like the way it's written. rushed upon him at that very moment. He looked the same. He went back to tend the sheep, but the anointing was now on him, and that was going to empower him for the days ahead, and it's going to do the same for you as well. Today, Rebecca and I, we're going to pray for as many of you who are willing. We're going to anoint you with oil. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God will also rush upon you and you will maintain and keep a heart after God, then all you have to do is just stay the course. Just like David did. Stay the course. Because your anointed possibilities are ahead. You're anointed to stay the course. Your victory is coming. It's before Rebecca and I pray for you and give you this opportunity to pray. I don't want to go any further unless we have, unless I've given you the opportunity to receive Christ into your life. And if you're here today, or even if you're online, you're watching, and you don't know about your eternal destiny, you're not sure where you would be should Jesus come today, or or if you were to die today if you're not sure of where you would be in eternity now's the time to make sure it's as simple as asking God to forgive you of your sin asking His Spirit to come into your life and that's the beginning of where God begins to work in your heart that's the beginning of having a heart after God and I want. So if that's you, you, you you kind of feel this like, yeah, that's that's me. I I need to I need to make things right with God. See, that's the Holy Spirit. He's already touching you. You're you're sensing the voice of God. So I'm just asking that nobody look around right now and just make this a private moment between me and those who want to make this decision to follow Christ. But if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand and then. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. But I also need for you to mean it from the bottom of your heart and believe that God is going to forgive your sin. The Spirit of God is going to come into your life. And you're going to be on that right road now to receiving anointing. Any here today need to receive Christ? Lift your hands. One, two, three. Lift them up for me. Thank you. Anyone else? Put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. If you lifted your hand, will you just pray this prayer with me right now? Church, come on, congregation, pray this with us as well as an encouragement to those who are making things right with God. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Today I make the choice to turn from my past and to embrace you and the future you have for me. I thank you, Jesus, that I am forgiven and I'm cleansed by your blood and I am a new creation. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And by praying that prayer, you are saved. You are a child of God. But like I stated, this is the beginning of the transition of your heart. We also have to continue, like I said, to cultivate a heart after God because that's where the anointing begins to flourish. Can I want that in your life as well. So here's how we're going to close. I'm not going to dismiss or anything. You can leave when you want to, when you need to. We're going to continue worshiping. And uh, Rebecca and I, we're going to move right over here. And if you want prayer, just come up to us to receive an anointing. We're going to pray a special anointing upon you. And and I'm going to let the online audience go. I want us to be blessing over you guys and blessing over this room. But I want us to move into this time of prayer, worship, and anointing. So if you're watching online or if you're here and you need to go, receive this. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.